right, so it's Monday night. It's sweep the league uh, all over again. We were on a hiatus last week because it was Labor Day and because we work with nothing but the hardest working men in the business decided to take the night off. It's Rudy. It's The Rock. It's Shamaya. It's Stats. Candace is on mommy duty tonight, so she's not going to be joining us tonight. And Derek is working hard to get the team Gervin back up and running again. He's doing a fantastic job. He might jump in here in a little while, but this is Sweep the League and an exciting ass weekend, man. We're talking Shamaya and Rock put in the work, man. We we had the TMB promotions firepower boxing event. Over at the uh, the Port Tech or the Tech Port Center, that was an amazing venue. Uh, I'm still in shock and awe at how everything went. It was a fantastic night. Not only that, Stats was representing Sweep the League up at Dallas with the Cowboys and Buccaneers, which we're going to get into that as well. Got a lot of pissed off Cowboy fans, but it's time to set the record straight when it comes to who's at fault. Again, this is Sweep the League, Baller Boys Podcast. I am Refocus Radio. All great listens. You have the uh, the uh, D. Gervin Big Mo Show on Facebook as well with Derek Gervin and Paul McKeskey. Gentlemen, the weekend. What a weekend of football, man. First off, I mean, could you have asked for a better weekend, college and NFL? I don't think so, man. I mean, I'm just in a good mood and a shitty mood because, I mean, Cowboys and Longhorns lost, but I'm in a good mood because football's back and it's like the best time of the year. And like you said, it was very exciting college and NFL. I, I agree. What do you got, Stats? Man, it's, it was exciting. Um, well, it was it was my first uh, Dallas Cowboys game, so that was fun. The experience was a lot of fun. Uh, AT&T is awesome. Uh, the fans were cool. The experience in general, just the ambience of everything, just taking it all in. I mean, it was all that was better than the game, uh, as you all saw. Um, yeah, the Cowboys didn't really show up. I felt bad for the defense, but we'll, we'll get we'll get into all that here in a bit. But overall, fun trip, good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm glad football is back, and yeah. uh, we had a lot of upsets this weekend. Like a mm-hmm. lot of uh, a lot of top seeded college teams went down. You know what's crazy, Rudy? I've never been to a Cowboys game in my life, and I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I was no, wait, wait, ask. wait! Really, Rock? I've never been. No, I mean, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a UT fan as well. And last season was the first time ever I've been to a UT game. And you know, then me going to UTSA, like that was my first time ever in a college football game. So they're super fun. But I, I always wanted to go to the Cowboys game. But tickets are just so expensive. But I imagine, you know, you maybe, I mean, I don't know where you sat, but I mean, I, I mean, you seemed like it, you said it's worth it. You know, even the experience itself, wherever you sit. But I mean, I got offered to go last year, but my my friend was like, "Oh yeah, just like five hundred dollars." I was like, "Oh well, you know, just casually, just five hundred dollars." <laughs> yeah, um, ours were not five hundred. But the cool thing about AT and T is there isn't really a bad seat in the house. Um, like we were just we were up in the top seats, and you could just see everything. You'd see the whole field. Nothing was obstructing your view either. Um, so I mean, you can't really go wrong. But, um, yeah, you are going to have to save a little bit uh, to go because the ticket is one thing. But, uh, man, all of the stuff there is expensive. So uh, what was I parking? highly recommend. I heard parking was like 50 bucks or 100 bucks. Yeah, you don't want to park. Just take an Uber. Um, honestly, okay. man, take an Uber. Uh, get stuffed. Like split a pizza, a couple of pizzas with some friends before the game. Get stuffed um, beforehand because you do not want to buy any food over there. 
Well, Shamaya's actually going on vacation. Shamaya, are you ready for your Vegas trip, man? Especially after the weekend that we had in boxing. Yeah, I'm ready to disappear for for a few days and then come back uh, basically refreshed. I, you're going to a, a finals game, right? WNBA finals game? Ooh. Yeah, it shows how committed I am. So when I go Tuesday, that same day, that night, I will be cheering on the Aces, and hopefully they will do really well and get that W. And obviously going to support uh, the head coach, Becky, and cross my fingers and toes that uh, she represents San Antonio and Big Boy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she will, man. We hope you uh, you come back a millionaire for sure in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't I – mean, I am Vegas, wearing the T-shirt. It's in my suitcase, really. I told you. Yeah, I'm wearing, that, I'm wearing yeah. that T-shirt at the game. So if I get on TV, somebody needs to screenshot that because uh, I'm right behind the basket on the floor. Nice, because that's tomorrow night, the game. So I'm definitely going to be watching that. There's no football tomorrow, so I'll definitely be watching WNBA Finals and looking for our very own and I Am Refocus Radio Zone, Shamaya on the beats with that Sweep the League shirt. I, I feel like if you if you get caught on camera with it, that we should probably do some kind of giveaway or something. We'll, we'll figure Ooh. something out. That'd be pretty awesome if somebody snaps it. You can do it with a where's Waldo, but you know, where's Shamaya? And then if someone's, you know, find uh, I like that. Yeah. Screenshot it and tweet at Rudy. Yeah. yeah where's Shamaya? There you go. There you I go. I will buy someone Burger Boy. That's a promise. Oh, we got Burger Boy on that. Yeah, I, don't, do I, don't, that. I don't do that often. So I'm making that a promise. Someone does that <laughs> and tweets at Rudy or just tweets and finds Rocky or, or Mark or Derek or Candace, somebody, me. I will get you Burger Boy, but only one person, the first one to do it. Yeah, we can do it by time, time stamp on that. So that's pretty easy. Well, there you go. We got a contest this week. Find Shamaya at the uh, WNBA Finals game. Snap that picture, and he'll buy you Burger Boy. I even may up it up and add something to the uh, the prize list there. So definitely going to be fun for Shamaya on the beats going out to Las Vegas. Wish him the best of luck out there. One thing that I did want to cover before we head into uh, Mono Ginobili Hall of Fame talk, as well as all the doings of football this weekend, I wanted to get into the uh, TMB promotion uh, this past Saturday. Uh, Rick Morones does a fantastic job. The atmosphere was electric. We are, all of us have been lucky enough, uh, Rock, Samaya, and Stats, as myself as well, have all been lucky enough to cover uh, a TMB promotion event. And we're looking forward to the next one because it just seems like our coverage is getting better and better every time that we're covering these events for Rick. Um, just a quick, give me a quick couple of seconds of y'all's opinion on it. Um, we'll get the stats on the last one because I know he wants to, he might be able to chime in here when we covered the last one. But Rock, your first boxing experience, man, you even had an article come out for the Express News showing some love. Let everybody know how that atmosphere was. Dude, that atmosphere was electric. I cannot reiterate it. Um, 
even though some people to some to some people that they're they may hear you know local boxing you know they may have that perception oh you know just like some average type of guys or you know just some some random joes you know trying to box and make a name for stuff even then if you see it like that these guys like you kept telling me you know these guys are gonna be up and coming we you you told me you know yet there were some upcoming boxers like robert garcia henry arredondo um and robert biggie rodriguez who could follow the you know the path of barrios franco and um what's his name uh i can't think of the top of my head and, but dude seeing those boxers live and just hearing the shots that they were taking and like we and like you could see them when they walked by because we were right there where the entrance is and you would see their face just welted up and i'm like oh my god dude i'm like you cannot pay me to take those shots like one hit and i'm done I was like, geez, Louise, and I kept making a joke with security guys. Hey, when's it gonna be our next fight? But I know that old man, you know, me and the old man, I bet you that old man has old man strength and he'll knock my ass out. You it's funny because if you go back and look at some of the uh of the highlights, I was looking at some of Shamaya's highlights too. Those man, those freaking uh punches, you could see like Devony was taking a good amount of punches mm-hmm. and uh Leanne, especially with uh Ruru and uh um Corey, th- those were man, th- those were hard. But the one fight I remember was um, Robert Garcia and uh, Adam Elam's. Jesus Christ, yeah. Elam's was taking a beating. Yeah, and and see that's what Garcia told me. You know, in the interview with me, he says he he didn't think that you know Elam's going to take all those hits, and he you know he credited him for being a tough guy, and he knew he figured it was either going to go probably all six rounds. But like I joked with you, man, it's that old man strength and that, and that jaw was chiseled, man. So. I just feel like, you know, it's hard to knock out a 45-year-old when you're only 20, you know. It kind of questions Garcia's power in a little bit, but then again, it's like, it's, it seems pretty hard to knock out a 45-year-old, and, you know, not an average guy can do it. So, but Garcia's going to be on a path to success, and I'm wishing nothing but the best for him. Yeah, I think you and I are going to do a little bit more talking, uh, maybe on a short podcast for uh, some of the upcoming boxers that are in San Antonio. Shamaya, that atmosphere, you and I, we we showed up together at the uh, at the tech port arena and i remember your comment was just an amazement because it's like you said it's like untapped gold at that arena i mean san antonio has a big thing going especially on the south side of town man um give everybody their your opinion on that atmosphere as well because our first one that we covered was at the the freeman coliseum event center this atmosphere was just totally different yeah, no, this one was totally different. It was definitely just, I mean, like rock. It was electric. The people there, they were there because they're fans of boxing. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, you need to support a big night. No, it's, it's some the talent that's right here in the city of San Antonio, and the people showed up to support all the locals that were representing the city of San Antonio. So I thought that was big. And then you had people outside of the city of San Antonio coming to fight. That says a lot. And anyone who has doubt, any doubt that San Antonio could put on a show, they should just, you know, go support, you know, stop talking about it, like be about it now because San Antonio is on the rise. I think the city is on the rise and people should understand that Rick when he does stuff, he does it right. It's professional. Mm-hmm. It's clean. You know, there's no stickers coming off the rope. It's legit, like real rope. It, it's, it's everything's official. Like he's doing it big. He got TVs, panels, everything. I mean, the the people, 
the support, the athletes. There are even Hall of Famers in that building. Uh, I believe Franco was there later that night. So it's people supporting, and it's just a marathon before it goes mainstream. Like the clock is ticking. I think less than five years, y'all will see Rick as a household name, especially especially TMB promotions. Oh yeah, dude, it's gonna be a household name. I mean, for sure, great, great promotion stats. I know you weren't able to join us because you were heading out to Dallas for uh, the Cowboys' miserable game, which you didn't have any idea it was going to be that bad. I'm sure if you knew it was that bad, you probably wouldn't have gone and saved your money for a different game that would have been competitive. But you've been in the TMB atmosphere, man. You know, your covering of the event as well. What was that atmosphere like? Because I don't think we talked about it much from the very last time that we uh, covered it. No, actually, yeah, we, we didn't actually talk about that. But, uh, I mean, the event the event environment is exciting, man. Uh, the fans really get into it um, right from start to finish. Uh, it's like the energy level just goes up as the show continues. Uh, as you know, like, Ruru, man, he's, he's like, awesome character, man. Just great, great character to have in those events. Heavyweight, you know what? <laughs> yes sir yes sir ruru man uh got brings all the energy everyone everyone brings the energy brings their a game to create this nice event and that goes from the actual boxers to everyone behind the scenes including us media the people who put all you know, the technicians the people who put everything together to make it all into a successful experience um i'm really glad you guys got to go to the tech port because that that place just opened up and uh, I saw a show there, um, and it was really nice, very impressive. So I'm glad TMB got to have an event there in that event center because it is a nice place. And uh, I hope they're there again soon because uh, that's a really good venue to be in. It's just the right size for it, too. Um, the Coliseum is very nice as well. But, um, you know, Techport, man, it's brand new. And I'm glad that they are putting their imprint uh, in that new venue. Yeah, shout out to uh, boxers. You know, we, we're going to get more interviews with the mm-hmm. boxers. Obviously, we get them after every fight. But, you know, like as always, shout out to Dev Cuevas and Leanne Calderon-Smith. Uh, now, they they put on another fantastic fight. And Leanne ended up winning the second match, so they're one and one. Shout out to Rig, man, because we want to see the we want to see the uh, the trilogy match there. We got to see who's going to win <laughs> the overall, you know, match there. But shout out to them. Shout out to Ruru, um, all those guys. Who, what do you got? Oh, no, I was going to say, and if I may add, you know, full disclosure to people listening, you know, I had never been to a boxing match in my whole life, so it was real electric. And if y'all, you know, have y'all say, you know, y'all enjoy local boxing and don't want to support, man, you know, the other boxer I forgot to mention was Bam Bam Barrios earlier. And if you don't think, you know, local boxing is on the come up, Bam Bam Barrios is fighting this Saturday, um, defending his super flyweight title against Israel Gonzalez, and he's the co-made event to Canelo Triple G. This guy came from San Antonio. And he's the, he's the co-main event to Canelo Triple G. I know, you know, Canelo and Triple G are on the older side now. But this guy's on the big stage, you know, from San Antonio to, you know, the smaller fight venues to now fighting in Vegas to Canelo. You got to, you know, see these boxes before they come up. And it's something special to see, you know, people in San Antonio boxes making a name for themselves. Yeah, it was a great venue, man. Great thing. Like I said, give a shout out to all the boxers out there. All you guys did a fantastic job. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the worst that can happen is a draw. But, you know, the thing is, you know, 
there was some very memorable fights there. A lot of respect earned by a lot of boxers that night. It's just going to get better and better. This is Sweep the League podcast, Follow Boys podcast, Iron Refocused Radio, and you have the uh, big... Yeah, I keep reading it right. This is the D. Gervin Big Motion. I always read it like I always get it. Confused. I love how you, I love how you just can't say it. Like it's like every single I've time. got it in yeah. front of me, and I'm like, all you have to it's do like, is say it's, it's like a fumble. It's it like, is. I fumble uh, that every <laughs> week. I'm I have it written down, and I'm looking at like I can't read my chicken scratch for whatever reason. I have no idea. It's like Detroit Lions trying to run the place. <laughs> well, that, how you I, say that? Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey man. Man, shout out to the Detroit Lions. They kept it a game. I did not see that coming at all. I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Rudy, Rudy's reading is like when Young Hoku gets gets his field goal blocked from sixty three yards. You shut your fucking mouth, dude! I swear <laughs> to God, man. I know. Okay, so I know Shamai's got to get ahead in a minute, and I want to get his thing on that, man. We're gonna go right into football because we're gonna save Manu for a little bit, a little later on. But football, man. So all of our teams lost. And, you know, with Derek, a Lions fan, which, you know, again, you know, sorry, Derek. And Candace, who I'm going to start talking about what she sent in the text messages earlier. Um, all of our teams lost. But out of every loss that we've had on this on the teams, because the Lions, the Cowboys and the Falcons. Which one was the like most competitive loss, I guess, is the best way to put it. Would it be the Falcons? you know, getting the uh, their field goal block to lose the game? I mean, it wasn't the Cowboys. The Cowboys had no chance. They didn't even show up. But then you've got the Lions. I have a lot of respect for the Lions because, well, they put up 28 points. I mean, they were starting they, to mount, they mount a cut. I think they put up 35. They 35 by three. Yeah. So I, I want Shemaya. What are you more impressed with, Shemaya? Which, which losing team were you more impressed with? As I'm trying to find my unmute button. Uh, yeah, I would say, man, I would say Falcons, man. You think the Falcons? I, I, they were ahead. And again, well, I'm just saying because y'all have a much, much better record than we have ever. So <laughs> well, it's like, no, nah, I have to go with the Falcons. Y'all, y'all actually got to the Super Bowl before. Yeah, but we're always a bridesmaid in the Super Bowl. Can never win the damn thing. You know, I mean, we, we, we don't even get to get an invitation to get in the locker room. So, <laughs> well, you got to join another team like Stafford did to have that opportunity. I, I yeah, think, it, go ahead. I was going to say real fast, and that's why I will be training for LA Rams this year again. All right, the Stafford effect. I could be saying yeah. I could cheer for the Colts, and that wouldn't be too bad, I guess, because Matt Ryan's over there. But, I mean, you know, the Falcons were up again. This is like the sixth game that they've lost where they've been up. And they just lose it, dude. It's – it's. Uh, I think, to me, the Lions were a lot more impressive. DeAndre Swift was fantasy gold yesterday. Oh, yes, I have him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was fantasy gold. Um, uh, for me, it's the Lions. Too. Gordo Patterson was fantasy gold, man. He was, but he's been fantasy gold since even last year. He was good. So I think I'm going to go with the Lions because they, they, I mean, they actually came back. This is a lose within three against an Eagles team who's probably one of the favorites in the NFC East. I mean, if not the favorite in the NFC East. Oh, now, yeah, they're going to win. Quickly, this is reason why. Reason why is because uh-huh. Detroit Lions, they're like a 
brand new big screen TV that you're trying to watch for a Super Bowl party. And when you plug it in to turn it on, it just don't work. That's Detroit Lions. <laughs> no matter how great the game looked or how competitive they were, they're still like a joke. God, man. I'm I'm harsh on the Falcons, but you're like Jeez. extra harsh on the Lions, dude. Just That's... cutting it with a dull blade, man. Jeez. Yeah, it, it reminds me nah, of Saul when he tucks his ankle. Ooh. That what? <laughs> <laughs> So I use my fingernails to get a, yeah. a dull blade. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna show this because I don't know if you guys ever seen Jack Reacher, the one with Tom Cruise, the first one. I just saw it recently for the first time. It's probably been out like 50 years, and I just haven't seen it. But to be a Falcon fan is like that scene where he says you need to cut off your thumb, but with your teeth, and you're just chewing it off. That's a Falcon fan right there. I mean... <laughs> It's just pure pain to be a Falcon fan. I don't know if it's that bad to be a Cowboy fan. Let's go to the Cowboy fan here. Oh, boy. Well, they don't have to. (laughs) They use their gums. Oh, I mean, mean, after that game. Last time they won a Super Bowl, they had all gum, like their gums now. Yeah. I mean, after after that game on Sunday, man, I don't know if the Cowboys have any fans. Um, I would say Rock is probably. They lost me, man. I, I was trying to be one. I can't. I'm only a Cowboy fan by by marriage. I'm embarrassed I picked them to win on the Baller Boys podcast episode. That's how what? bad it is. Well, I have faith. And then I saw the game. I'm like, oh. <laughs> faith <laughs> went out the window. <laughs> yeah, and then Dak out six to eight weeks, too. We're going to get into that, too. Rock, you, you got a lot to say about your Cowboys. Just go ahead and start, man. Man, like, okay, like, I understand the Cowboys had their flaws and stuff. <laughs> But like, the Cowboys need to do something, man. Like, you, I, I have all love Dennis Houston, you know, local guy, you know, Noah Brown, you know, whatever. But why the hell are they relying on rookies, thinking, you know, oh, it's gonna work out when you know CD Lamb, Dan Mosley had double teamed, their offensive line's already shaky, and like you, and Dak gets hurt, so like everything just goes wrong. But then Stephen Jones says today, you know, we have all in the confidence road. We're gonna turn around. How the hell is Cooper Rush gonna turn it around? Like they they can add a quarterback as as soon as tomorrow, but like looking at the free agents earlier because I was thinking about writing a, a story over it. You know, you have Fitzpatrick out there. I guess not a bad option. You know, Fitz Magic, whatever. He's thirty nine though. You have Mike Glennon. And, you know, Mason Rudolph. It's like, dude, this season's just going to a shit show. And, like, I'm just looking forward to a top 10 pick now because Cowboys want to fuck around and not add anyone because they have no one that can take out the top of the roof. And it's just disappointing because, I mean, the, the, the front office is, like, blaming it basically kind of on Dak and the offense, but it's, like, them not doing anything. They ignore it because all they care about is making money. So it's like, oh, it's just it's just so frustrating to be a Cowboys fan. But like yesterday, watching the game, I was just laughing because I was like, man, like this is just a typical Cowboys shit. And it was pretty bad, dude. It was yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, I, uh, I felt to that way too, man. Yeah, Micah. Uh, yeah, Micah's a beast, man. I felt so bad for him in that defense. They busted their asses. Last yeah, night, and that's going to be the way they're going to win some games because of that defense. You know, if Cooper Rush can just manage the game and, you know, maybe the Cowboys can actually, you know, they were running the ball pretty good at the beginning and it wasn't that bad. You know, Zeke was averaging about 5.4 yards of carry and then they just had abandoned it. You know, you had Pollard with some good runs, but it's like, whatever. But I mean, oh, later, Shamai, you be safe. But 
it was it was just so frustrating watching. It was very, very frustrating for Cowboy fans. My wife quit uh, watching the game after a while. She's a Cowboy fan here. My mom only watched it because we have uh, squares. We still do that thing, so we try to make money on the side. You know, and I got to say, like, I feel bad for Dak. Um, A lot of people are kind of ignoring the fact that he just came back from an ankle Mm -hmm. injury. Like a lot of like, and everyone just seemed to be trashing him. And don't get me wrong, he didn't play well. Um, and Rock, like you alluded to, they don't have any other targets. I was stunned that they didn't try to get Schultz more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the whole game, I'm like, where is he? Is he asleep? Is he even there? Is he in the game? Um, they didn't design any plays for him. The offensive playbook was very stagnant. Uh, Zeke, like you said, Zeke had some nice runs here and there, but um, the offense, the passing game could not get going at all. Um, and it, it was confusing too. Why did they run Turpin? You know, Turpin was getting mm-hmm. all this hype and he didn't really make a difference in the return game. I understand that was first game. And, but like, why not get Turpin in the slot and open field? I mean, you there were, I mean, Noah Brown didn't do bad. No, I, I, I don't mind Noah Brown. You know, Noah Brown showed up last season, you know, had his, had his moments as a wide receiver four and he made some big catches, but like, dude, like at the end, you know, you see Cooper rush fourth and 19 and he's like, Throwing his to Simi Fahoko and this guy cannot catch the ball to save his life. And then, like, CD, you know, is trying to get open, but like, he has only so much time for CD can make a play. So it's like, they need to get someone, man. Or, like, you want to try to watch oh, I imagine they're going to try to rush Michael Gallup back and thinking that it's going to solve anything. And, but you're just risking him to get hurt again, man. And it's just so frustrating. I thought they could have gotten Pollard more involved, too. He was barely a factor that, in that game. And that to is- me, that's the most head scratching part. Now, you know, I'm not like I said, I, I'm looking from the inside out uh, when it comes to, you know, cowboy fandom and stuff. But my thing is this better are the running backs as Pollard. Let's not beat around the bush here. I mean, straight up, no shit talk. Pollard's a better running back. Mm-hmm. Even with a dismantled offensive line, he is still the better running back. Can we agree? Yeah, of course. I mean, you're going to have Zeke show, like, some flashes just kind of not – I'm saying, like, his older self where he's back, but, you know, like, a little bit flashes of, like, I guess he could say, like, a 70% of his older self. You know, those tough runs, and he'll be able to get those first downs. But, I mean, you saw when Pollard ran. He runs hard, and he's quick enough to get those five, six yards to carry. But it just made some sense why they're not trying to use Pollard more. Like you said, you know, use him in screens, design it. I mean, come on, man. Like, he has to make something work out here. You can't. Okay. And the other thing is, I let, let's just put them all on the table. The running back situation, you can't get rid of Zeke because no one's going to take that stupid contract. So you're yeah. going to have to eat it. The offensive line was number one priority because if a quarterback is as good as you feel he is, if you can give your quarterback time, you can put mediocre receivers out there. Because mm-hmm. they, they're not good route runners. Let's be honest. They're not good route runners. But if you give them time, you can develop plays as a wide receiver. So offensive line should have been the number one priority. But also coming into the season, when you give up your best wide receiver in Amari Cooper and don't replace him with anybody, and I don't give a shit what Cowboy fandom says, C.D. Lamb? was never and will never be a number one wide receiver. He's not that guy. And you've already, you've basically set up Dak Prescott, who 
is not a great quarterback. He's mediocre. He's I've when he was drafted, I was like, good. It's a good quarterback. He's and I've said it on the radio and everywhere. He's never going to lead you to a Super Bowl ever. I don't care if you give him Aikman's line and give him either Irvin or Emmett Smith. He's not going to lead you to a Super Bowl. He's not that guy. So you've got to take you've got to pick where you want to improve. I think the offensive line is number one. Dak can get you wins, but he's not going to get you titles. That's my feelings on everything. And, and it, let's just say, you know, both the, you know, hypothetically, let's say the Cowboys just kind of just throw the season away. And let's say they get a top pick, you know, hypothetically, number one. If you're the Cowboys and, you know, you know, you're you're saying Dak's not that guy. And and I and I, I'm someone agreeing with you. You know, I'll agree that Dak Dak's good, not great. Can he lead a team to, to the Super Bowl? I say possibly, you know, given I've seen worse quarterbacks lead it. You know, you had Joe Flacco as a game manager. Oh, but and you that, can't compare Flacco. That's that defense but, was unstoppable. Yeah, no, I okay, yeah. And but the Cowboys defense is not, not unstoppable, but it's it's pretty damn good. I mean, obviously they don't have an Ed Reed on the line or or Ray Lewis, but I'm just saying, you know around the right pieces around if they build the team right you know Dak can have possibly have success you know you get those breaks here and there but going back to you know if they have the number one pick do you draft a quarterback if you don't think Dak's that guy and try to trade Dak I think so I'm not, I mean I'll let Stats get on on this because I want to hear a lot of his opinion on that uh, I mean personally I think and I feel really bad for Dak uh, he's a good dude um, early early when he was um the camera, like the Titan Tron was on a shot of Dak, like firing up his guys. He looks like a guy who really cares about his craft. And I think he's just stuck in an organization that it feels shallow. Uh, the Cowboys organization feels shallow to me. And you guys mentioned something about money earlier, and that's exactly how it felt to me being in there. Um, just there's a lack of leadership. Uh, McCarthy is not the guy. Uh, the play calling was stale, uh, stagnant. Uh, it just felt like they were sleepwalking. And it's unfortunate in this injury, um, like we said, uh, Dak just came back from an ankle injury. You could tell he was still affected by it. His throws weren't accurate. He didn't look too good. Um, but his offense and his coordinators didn't help him at all with that either. Um, but I think it is time. I think if they do bottom out here, they have a chance at getting a potential franchise quarterback in the draft. Um it might be time. I mean, you can have Dak start next season, have him come back, but uh, have that guy on the bench behind him, and maybe it'll pressure Dak um, to play a little bit better. And um, it might be time to start really thinking about life without Dak. Who's that guy, though? I mean, there, there's yeah. not a rookie coming in that you would say is that guy. I mean, you have C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young coming out, who are arguably going to be two top quarterbacks coming out. I mean, Stroud looks pretty damn good at Ohio State, and then you saw what Bryce Young did to Texas near in those ending drives. I know he didn't look too good to start, but I mean, kind of, kind of a uh, you know comparison. People have compared him to Russell Wilson. Not saying he is, but that's just you know what comparisons have been thrown out. But you have those two guys coming out, and if they really think those are franchise quarterbacks who are arguably better than Dak, I mean. I would think so. Those two guys are, you know, the better moves. There's, there's going to be a team that will probably be blowing the trade, but, I mean, it's not going to be Dallas's ask, uh, price, what they want, if they try to move on from Dak. No, you. I mean, no team's going to trade for Dak. If they are, they're not going to give him anything oh, yeah. worth. Okay, so you mentioned Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Uh-huh. So, I mean, 
Tom Brady's like damn near at the end of the draft. And I'm not saying, you know, that that's the thing. I don't see the Cowboys needing to draft a quarterback in the first round. I mean, if you're going to be mediocre, be mediocre. I mean, that's fine. Just, just start building it. And that offensive line is where you have to build it. I mean, you have to. So say the, say the Cowboys get the first pick. Do you legitimately draft? Because next year is a defensive heavy draft. Uh-huh. So do you draft at number one or two or three? Or do you do the Jimmy Johnson thing and trade that fucker down and grab draft picks? I mean, I mean, realistically, the you know, Jimmy, they're probably gonna go the Jimmy Johnson way, but I mean, I can see Jerry becoming obsessed with that with that pick because I mean, I'm looking at the mock draft and you have but, uh, this this mock draft is just dumb. It just says you know the this, the Atlanta taking a quarterback. I mean, I don't know why, but uh, they, you know, but number three, Will Anderson, defensive end. You know, he's arguably a Heisman favorite. I can see the Cowboys just trying to go after him, or even Jalen Carter out of Georgia, who's huge man. I don't know if y'all seen the Georgia game, but a huge yeah. huge guy. But even then, you know, also. You know, they can say, well, you know, I know we need a receiver, so we can draft, you know, Kashawn Booty, wide receiver out of LSU or Jordan Addison. It's like, we need a receiver, so I fixed it. It's like, oh, my God, man. Yeah. I, I mean, stats, what, what are you doing if you're the Cowboys now? I mean, I even, I even played with the fact of, you know what, just go get a backup somewhere. Go tell Jerry, hey, we'll give Carolina a six-round pick for, you know, Sam Darnold. I mean, just give me Minshew. Yeah, or not even Minshew. You, you know what? They have a guy on the roster, Will Greer, West Virginia Mountaineer, West Virginia. You know, great, great school. Why not just let him come in and just run wild with it? You know, it's interesting. Um, so another name that I just thought of too is um, maybe the Cowboys should seriously consider trading for Jimmy G. You can't oh, though. I've I've been hearing this all day. Yeah, and I don't see it only because of the money, man. Like and and while I agree, you know, I don't know if stats is up for it, um, but you know, also money, but like the idea of trading for Jimmy G, you know, money's the biggest thing. But imagine the drama if Jimmy G's, you know, doing let's say he's doing good and the Cowboys go maybe four and two and Dak comes back. Do you sit Jimmy G or, or are you sitting Dak? They're going to have to deal with that media media battle and there's that pressure. It's like, do we throw Dak right back in? And then Jimmy G, you know, if you're Jimmy G and you got traded, you think you're going to be a starter. It's like, imagine how pissed off you're going to be if you just get thrown to the bench again. Well, he, he, I mean, he just openly accepted being the backup to Trey in San Fran, knowing that his new like restructured deal is exactly him just being a backup. So he seems like a kind of guy who would, you know, happily take that back seat when Dak comes back. But without an offensive line, I mean, can Jimmy G be mobile? I think it's possible. I mean, I think they can get it done. They just got to figure out pieces. And, and another thing too is like Dallas, you know, we talked about them not prepping. And yeah, the offensive line is is not as good as it used to be. Um, but I think there's also a play calling issue too. The offense just is is deep rooted. 
like it's deep rootedly flawed in that aspect. I think right from the get go where it's just not creative enough, you know, they, they're not just in, like applying like jet sweeps and doing anything really creative with their receivers. They're not using Pollard in the slot too much. He's not really active in the pass game. Um, but you know, they did bring in Washington, they brought in Gallup and it, of course, or they re-signed Gallup, but it's unfortunate those guys got hurt and you, that's stuff you can't really see, you know, like ahead of time, but, um, it just feels like a lack of preparation, a lack of discipline. Um, you know, Jimmy G would just bring that veteranship and yeah, there's money, but you know, the defense is really good. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking, a lot of people are talking about, you know, the, uh, Dallas offense looking bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, Tampa Bay was a shell of itself on oh, Sunday yeah. night. I mean, everyone, no one's talking about that. I mean, Leonard Fournette was balling, but that's because it's all they had going for them. Um, like Evans and Fournette were the only two people really doing anything on that team. Yeah. Brady was uncomfortable the entire night in the pocket. He got sacked a lot. Um, you could tell he was a little bit rattled himself. And the play calling on the Tampa Bay end of things was very, very safe and conservative, if you all noticed that. They didn't really yeah. take too many shots, too many chances. I think the biggest play of the game was at Julio bomb down the field, and that was about it. Um, but, yeah. I still they debated were... if he caught that. That was – Dude, that was a nasty catch, man. I'm not going to lie. I think, yeah, it was it was a debatable catch, but I, I get what Stats is saying. So, okay, Stats, because that was my next point before we moved on here was, did the Dallas Cowboy defense look that good or the Bucks look that bad on offense? Uh, I think the Cowboys defense looked that good. Um, I yep. think they were, they were putting pressure on Brady in the pocket the entire night. Um, and don't get me wrong, there are some issues on this Buccaneers offense, too. Uh, Godwin actually left the game. He had a yeah. hamstring injury. Uh, Mike Evans is, like, the only real healthy guy outside of Jones. And then Fournette, like, they barely used Fournette in the passing game, too. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of surprised with how conservative their play calling was on their end. I think they were nervous about this Dallas defense. Um, they were rattled right from the get-go. So I have to give props to this Cowboys defense for actually getting into – it felt like they got to Brady, Brady's head like a few times. And like Bowles was really thinking about protecting his guy, his 45-year-old quarterback, uh, didn't want him to get hurt. But he still got physical, man. He still got tackled, still got sacked, and uh, they stopped him. And there's a reason they only had 19 points, man. Ryan Suckup, I hope you had him on your fantasy teams because that guy got you points, man. <laughs> And I think Tampa's really going to struggle. You're going to see it, man. I mean, they showed a stat, a stat where you know they had an offensive line that you know, with a lot of experience. But yesterday they started three rookies on the offensive line, and then their best, uh, uh, I think it was left left tackle or left guard, one of those, Donovan Smith. You know, he goes out with an injury. And Dallas was just giving, you know, Tampa Bay problem. You know, Tampa Bay would get down the field, and the, right when they get in the red zone, you had Micah come up with two big sacks. But Tampa's going to struggle against tougher defenses, man. I mean, kind of going in the season, I knew that Tom would struggle, even though it's Tom Brady. But now you're without Godwin again. I mean, Mike Evans is Mike Evans, but he's going to do his work. And then Julio, you know, Julio had his catches, but it was just kind of weird how they incorporated him. I mean, yet you ha- they had him doing, you know, some handoffs which I never seen Julio do. It's kind of, it was kind of cool to see, but then, you know, Russell Gage too, but I mean, but the Buccaneers are going to be, you know, a weird team to watch, but it's Tom Brady, but I don't see them going far. Yeah. And their, their off season was like, their you talk about their O-line rock Their Their O-line was decimated in the off season. Yeah. Like Ryan Jensen, not there. Kappa, not there. 
you know, those were big major vets on that O-line to help protect Brady, and they lost that. And now Smith going down, who knows how long he's going to be out. But, um, yeah, and but they have a good receiving core. But, I mean, for Dallas Cowboys to even, you know, keep them at 19 points with that stacked receiving core, you know, that's pretty impressive. And I will, I'll, I'll go ahead and close with this. I'll tell you what, Tom Brady misses Gronkowski there in the red zone. Uh, he was <laughs> yeah. so important to that Tampa Bay offense and they can, they have not replaced him at all. You can have Russell Gage, you can have Julio Jones, but they needed a big body tight end for Brady to have a safety valve down there. And that was so apparent in this game against a good defense. Week one overreaction here before we go on to Mono Ginobili at the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. And I think we, do we have sweeper keep tonight or are we saving that for next week? Oh, I, I could do a short sweeper keep tonight. Oh, yeah, we'll do one, maybe one or maybe two. But we have Monty mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. And we have the gr- a quick takeaway from the uh, Longhorns uh, awesome game against Alabama. Hey, it was awesome, even though they lost. It was awesome. I'll give you credit. It was a really good game. It was no App State and A&M, but it was a really good game. Takeaway from week one, it's overreaction time. Who do we see the best team in the AFC? Who do we see the best team in the NFC? Start with Rock on this one. Ah, well, best best team in the in the AFC. If you say overreaction, I'd say mm, the Chiefs still, man. I mean, the Chiefs look pretty hot, and Patrick Mahomes looked like he was rolling still. I think Patrick Mahomes, if I'm not mistaken, threw five TDs against a Cardinals team. Um, he did. He looked fine without Tyree Kill. I know. I know. I mentioned Tyree Kill. The Dolphins also won against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But I would say NFC wise. A team that that may make some noise is the Eagles, man. I hate to admit it, you know, but the Eagles could could you know get up there. I mean, I thought personally the Packers would be that team and they would beat the Vikings easily, but dude, no one can control Jay Jetta on that team. And Jay Jetta looked like not saying he's Randy Moss, but you know, like that Randy Moss, you know, meme where he, he had I don't know how many touchdowns he had it was or like three catches three. for like a hundred and sixty yeah. yards. And yeah, and, and like yeah. So, someone put on me all over Twitter, you know, Jay Jetta is like Randy tonight, and it was like comparing. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> the Packers cannot guard Je- Justin Jefferson, man. Like it's ridiculous how good he is. But uh, yeah, those are my two overreaction. I would say Eagles and Chiefs. Cool stats. What do you got? Oh man. Um shoot. Okay. So I, this might change at some point. <laughs> like Oh yeah, for sure. I'm just trying to think of like just a lot of factors going into these picks. Um let's see. I'm going to go with you know what? Um they just got decimated by the Bills, but I think I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. Uh the right. Eagles do look really good. The Vikings cannot be slept on. Like you said Jefferson's just a beast, but they they their defense looks good too for what they were able to do against Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about there, but um, I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. Uh, the Niners just lost Mitchell. Their run game is going to struggle a little bit, um, but we'll see. It's either going to be San Fran or the Rams there. I don't think Tampa is good enough to get to the Super Bowl. I think they can, but I don't think they're going to. Um, but as far as the AFC for me, it's going to be between the bills and the Broncos. Um, I haven't quite decided on which one. The Bills have an explosive offense. They have a really good defense, but the Broncos are very uh, balanced as well. And you got mm-hmm. a Russell Wilson who's looking to prove himself in a new place. And uh, storylines speak volumes in the NFL. So yeah. I, it's yeah, going to be between one of those two for me. I actually agree. I For the AFC, for me, 
I mean, the Bills, I think, is up there. I like, I do like the Chiefs. Uh, one team that that surprised me that I'm not going to sleep on uh, in the AFC is, I can't lie, man, the Chargers. I, I just, yeah. when Herbert got hot towards the end against the Raiders, and I think the Raiders were a very good test early week one for Herbert. But now with Keenan Allen possibly out for a little bit, um, I don't know, man. Just that Charger feeling has a good feeling this year for Herbert and the Chargers. I think I still have the Bills and Chiefs ahead of him. Mahomes, it's week one. He's been doing that. What do you have, like five straight years where he has three or four, three or more touchdown passes in game one. So I I don't want to get too excited. I think uh, Edward Zolero kind of came out of his shell in that game, which I kind of liked. I uh, told you guys to watch Rosea Pacheco as well. But on the NFC side, man, wow. I Oh, man. I The Rams are impressive, obviously. But on the on the NFC side, guys, I, I don't know why, but it's time to skull big time. The Vikings, even with a not-so-good Packers team, it's something about that Vikings team. They they are the Kawhi Leonard of the NFL right now, actually in the NFC. I mean, their defense is stout. Their offense, if Kirk Cousins can just do what he's asked to do, that offense will take care of itself. They've got the line. They've got the receivers. I mean, the addition of Rieger uh, to uh, Jefferson and Thielen, I mean – You've got a three-headed monster there. You've got a double-duty backfield of uh, Cook and Matson. It's, it's probably wicked and wild, but we could see a Bills-Vikings Super Bowl, which I don't think we would have ever said at all at any time of the year. A uh, little, little trivia there, actually. The Bills and the Vikings are the only two teams in the NFL who have lost four Super Bowls. Oh God! <laughs> Yikes! So yeah, that would be a, a tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, it would be a tiebreaker for the loser. Wow! Wow! Oh man! Yeah, that would be uh, that would be some crazy stuff. They kept tying six overtimes later. Look, guys, we got to have a win. We've got to have a win. We're almost done here on uh, sweep the league here every single Monday night. We got a couple of topics, and we're going to sweep the sweeper key. Let's run through these topics real quick, man. Uh, Rock. Uh, Longhorns were impressed or not because I still say they're going to lose to UTSA this weekend. Uh, I was impressed with how cohesive the team was because if you look last year, the team was more of a playing for themselves. And even some of the players that said, you know, when when the Horns uh, led up that 82-yard run to Jace McLennan, who's from Texas, he played at Alito, uh, ironically was, was wanting to go to Texas, but Tom Herman just ignored him. But uh, after that run, you know, Roshan Johnson was saying, you know, last year's team would have would have just crumbled. But, you know, they came back together and was pretty stout against the Alabama offense. You know, some people can say, well, you know, this is, is an Alabama offense that you've seen in the past. But, man, if anyone watched the game, you saw Jameer Gibbs just killing it. You know, Bryce Young, Heisman favorite. You just, you know, just being, you just, you know, wrecking that defense apart and picking them apart real easily. And those relationships made, made plays at the end. But, they lost, and I'm not a moral victory guy, but this is like the most positive sign I've seen from the Horns in a while. 
um, you know, being and going in there competing and not getting too full of themselves, but they beat themselves. You know, I understand people can say the refs, this and that, but even Sar- uh, Coach Sarkeesian said it. You were in the red zone five times. You scored once. They got an execute. That's on them. And, you know, no one can blame the refs. They did make crappy calls, but it's football. So they get those touchdowns. They execute. That defense was carrying them the whole way, but eventually, you know, it's going to catch up to you if the offense is stagnant. It does suck that Quinn Ears got hurt. But, you know, like I was texting, you know, the offense is really different. And you saw the offense really different because Quinn's slinging, you know, all around. And he just looked like a he looked like a god out there in a sense. I know it's kind of overreaction, but he looked super good in one quarter against an Alabama defense. But uh, I'm really nervous about this game against UTSA. Uh, I'm not going to share who I'm cheering for, even though you all probably already know. But I, I am going to wear a UTSA polo, so don't worry. Uh, but it's going to be a good game. And even Coach Taylor was previewing the game today. You know, he knows it's going to be a real good game. And he credits the Longhorns, you know, whoever they put out. It's, mm-hmm. And he knows it's going to be a real tough game in a hostile environment. But it's going to be one of those trap games that the Horns, you know, don't look ahead of themselves right now. Yeah, for sure. I uh, It's going to be a great game. Great, great, great game this weekend. UTSA, Texas Longhorns. Real quick, we're going to go to Sweeper Keep. But real, before we do, shout out to Mana Ginobili on the Hall of Fame induction. I was able to talk to Jeff Garcia this morning, actually, about it. Uh, released the uh, Locked On Spurs podcast. Go take a listen to that on the Locked On Network. That is a Locked On Spurs podcast. And uh, breaking news, uh, as of right now, Jeff Garcia is going to be a guest on Monday night with us here on Sweep the League. So be sure to look out for that next week. Next Monday, Jeff Garcia will be joining us here on Sweep the League. Uh, Sweeper Keep, uh, come on, Stas, we got a couple here, so let's get to it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the segment Sweep or Keep, where we decide if you sweep, which means you don't like this, you don't like the tweet, you don't like the story, you don't like a quote, or you're gonna keep, which means you love it and you want to put it up on your mantle over the fireplace. So let's get started. Join in the fun. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter, on Facebook. Sweep the league, sweep or keep. Here we go, gentlemen. So first one up is uh, a quote from our good friend Gilbert Arenas on Giannis Antetokounmpo. So here's what here's what Gilbert says. He doesn't really understand how to be great, <laughs> how to be better, how to train his body. Gilbert Arenas on Giannis. Sweep or keep? Go ahead, Rock. I'm, gonna let you I'm sleeping that. the hell out of this. I mean, Gilbert is with a score, you know. Good guy. You know, I, I, I kind of remember brief, uh, briefly of him, you know, when he was in the league and you know, Rudy, Rudy and Stats probably knows more in depth about him, so I'm not going to act like I know a lot. But I remember him playing, you know, you know, scorer at will. But, dude, Giannis is 10 times better than what Gilbert Arenas will ever be. I mean, Gilbert Arenas is mostly known for bringing a gun in the locker room. I mean, Giannis is a champion. I understand. He's more known for that, but I mean. Yeah, and under- <laughs> exactly. He is. I mean, he's more known for that. No, I mean, he's, I mean, you're talking about an all-star guard too, man. I mean, no, no, he's more known for the incident. As much as people want to say, you, you say Gilbert Arenas, the first thing we're going to say is brought a gun in the locker room. I guarantee you, man. But- we got we to gotta have that as a poll. I, we got to do a poll on that. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. Man. He is, but, um, you know, I understand, that, you know, people are kind of scared with the whole Giannis thing because he did tweak his ankle in the, in the Euro Cup right now. I don't know if they're still in exactly how to keep up, but, I mean, Giannis is 10 times whatever Gil Arenas will ever be. You know, he's arguably the best player in the league right now, you could say. It's a real big debate, but he's only going to get better. That's a scary thing, so I'm sweeping it. 
I don't really give a shit what Arena says ever. I'll sweep whatever he says 99.9% of the time. What's the next one, Stats? All right. So next one and last one on this uh, kind of short but to the point edition of Sweeper Keep. So we we got a quote here from Stephen A. Smith. Uh, so, and it's not necessarily about sports, but I want to, I want to get y'all's take on this. So Mm. Stephen A. Smith said, I said, if the American people wanted me to run for the presidency of the United States of America, I would strongly consider it. And damn it. I mean it. Stephen A. Smith on running for the president of the United States. Gentlemen, sweep or keep. Oh, Stephen A. is president. I mean, I almost have to sweep that. I don't, I can't, (laughs) I mean, getting bad, bad cowboy takes and tweets every day would be horrid. So, um, you know what? I don't know if you really want to be president, just run for presidency. I've even had thoughts of running for president, but I I don't have the money and I don't have the experience. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to sweep it. I, can you just imagine the screaming at every single press conference and, you know, what the way he would talk about, you know, other countries and are they out of their damn mind? Like, <laughs> I just, I can't, I, I just can't do it. Yeah. Sweep it for me. Um, I'm, I'll keep it just because it'd be hilarious to see what he would have to say. And I, and I can just ready see a lot of Stephen A, you know, fans or just people that, laugh at what it what he says on tv just voting for him just because just because i mean you have those random celebrities running for stuff you know i think you had a herschel walker running for governor and then like um some other celebrities i can't even think of the top of my head so i wouldn't be surprised if Stephen a tried to run and a lot of people vote for him because of his name and yeah that that's all i'm gonna say man i mean i'll keep it just for now but that's just weird to see him i would be weird to see him as president how about those debates, though? That's what I'm saying. I mean, can yeah, you imagine those those funny. looks that he gives them, like the squinty eyes and the really like? Are you kidding me? What would like, it be? Okay, like stay off the weed. What if you had this right here? You had two guys running for president. Who would you vote for? We're gonna end the show on this. Who would you vote for? Okay, here are your three candidates: Stephen A. Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp. Between Stephen A and Skip Bayless, who are you voting for? Oh, I'm going to go Stephen A. Stephen A? Stephen A. Yeah, Stephen A at least will keep it real. Uh, I just can't watch Skip, man. <laughs> <laughs> Would do, does Skip even make four years if he yeah. becomes president? <laughs> we don't need any more old presidents, man. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be hell of a debate, though. That would be one hell of a debate. I I don't know any type of uh, moderator that would can be able to control that. I, I, yeah. don't need, I don't need a I don't need a president who averaged point eight points uh, in high school basketball talk uh, trying to trying to talk to me about what what Paul think, didn't Steven average like one or two? No, Skip averaged point eight. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, oh, Steven I mean, is, oh, maybe I don't know. I mean, I I couldn't tell you that. I just know Skip's I, iconic point eight points. Well, either way, none of us can average, you know, anything in the NBA or I don't know. I, I had a pretty good basketball average growing up, so I can say I averaged double digits at least one season. Outside of that, one thing is for sure that this show has come to an end. We've talked TMB promotions. We talked Dak Prescott, all the cowboy problems. 
Rock gave a little assessment of the Longhorns' loss. Took a shot at the Aggies because Rock loves taking shots at the Aggies. Oh yeah. Also made mention of Manu Ginobili in his Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame career. Again, shout out to Manu Ginobili. Go listen to Locked On Spurs with myself and Jeff Garcia. It is out on the Locked On Network. So for Rock, for stats, for Shamaya on the beats. No, Shamaya on the way to Las Vegas. Candice Avila-Garcia, Derek Gervin. This is Rudy Campos Jr. Till we sweep the league again next week. We'll see y'all soon, guys. Oh, yeah. Go out, baby.